like I will be long-winded tonight. But then again, when the Holy Ghost comes, who knows what can happen? And I don't know about you, but in 2022, I'm willing to let the Holy Ghost have His way. I'm willing to step back and let the Holy Ghost have His way. You have to forgive my piano playing tonight. The worship team did an awesome job, but they pulled me out of retirement today. I haven't played in a long time. But I'm thankful for these young ladies stepping up and leading in worship tonight. Can you give them a hand this evening? Sister Cher couldn't be here. She's with her mom who had surgery earlier today. She's doing fine. We need to continue to remember Pastor Willie. Um, he he uh, had a, a better day, but I believe Pastor Ron had to go be with him. He was having some complications, so we need to pray for him tonight. But if you would, turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. If you find it, if you would, go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word tonight. I'm going to read a little lengthy tonight, but I, I, I believe I can read it quickly enough for you. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh no. I got a no no. Well, the oh no, you can catch up. We got a lot to read. Okay, verse number one, Acts chapter 12. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, or Passover. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter or after Passover to bring him forth to the people. And Peter, therefore, was kept in a prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Can you say amen? And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was being done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know. Turn to your neighbor and say, Now I know. Of a surety that the Lord hath sent an angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. 
And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door, at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she came, she knew Peter's voice. And she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel, or he is passed on, and you're seeing his ghost. It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Let us pray again tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that your word would go forth with power. And Lord, that anointing to break the yokes of bondage on people's life, Lord. Help me encourage your church tonight. And Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says amen. And you may be seated in the house of the Lord this evening. Many of you would know this passage of Scripture. And many of you that have been raised in the church, and I know I say this a lot, but many of you would know and have heard this preached many different ways. But again, I, I, don't, I don't come to you tonight with something profound, but I, I, I just want to take a moment to exhort you and to encourage you in the Lord, if I can do that tonight. Because I know that there are a lot of things going on in this world, and let's be honest, there's a lot of things going on in each individual in this house. There's a lot of things going on in your life. We're all busy. We all got things to do. There's, there's many of us that are pulled many different directions. There's many of us pulled towards children, towards careers, towards athletics and academics. Many of us are pulled many different ways. So I want to encourage you tonight because I, I want you to notice some things in this portion of Scripture. If you go back into Acts chapter 2 and you begin to read, you will find that the church began to pray and make intercession for Peter. And they, they prayed all night long. They, they, they wanted to see God move. They wanted to see God do something. But what I find fascinating about this story is that when Peter is, is supernaturally delivered from the prison and he comes and knocks at the door and Rhoda with excitement hears his voice and she comes back to them and says, you know, it's Peter, he's outside. They say, you're mad. And then she says, no, no, really, really, it, it, it's him. I know it's him. And they say, perhaps it is his angel. What, what fascinates me about that is that the church would pray all night long long, not expecting God to move on their behalf, not expecting God to move on their, ha on their behalf. You may say, why, why did they feel that way in, their in this text tonight? Why, why did they feel that God wouldn't move? Or why, why did they just pray even if they didn't feel like uh, God was going to move? I will tell you first and foremost, they prayed because that is what they knew how to do. I will tell you this, uh, if you find in the beginning of this chapter in verse 1 and 2, you'll find out uh, that Herod stretched out his hand uh, and began to vex certain of the church uh, and he killed James, the brother of John. So we already see uh, that there are many people that probably have prayed for James to be delivered but James was killed and I want you to know tonight that many of you it is easy to become discouraged in your prayer life because you've prayed and you haven't seen things happen I want you 
to know that I've prayed for healings to take place that have never taken place. I want you to know that I, I've prayed for people to live and they've gone on to be with the Lord. I want you to know that there have been times I'm human. We're all human here tonight. We've been like the church described in this text tonight where we've prayed because it's what we know how to do. But we really didn't believe that God was going to show up and, and do something supernatural in our lives again. Again, I tell you, how discouraging would it be that you prayed for one disciple, James, the brother of John, and, and that prayer did not come to fruition, but his life was taken. And now they have Peter, who is the leader of the church, and they're just thinking, I can just feel them thinking in their minds that it is over. After Passover is done, after the feasting is finished, Peter is going to meet his end. But still, nevertheless, I will give the church credit for one thing. They still prayed. I want you to know that many of you in this house tonight, and I'll preach to myself for a little bit, I prayed for change in this community. I prayed for change in many of your families to see many of your lost loved ones come home to be with the Lord. I prayed that, that my lost loved ones would come to know salvation. I've prayed for a long time because that's all I know how to do. Why? Because uh, there may have been some prayers that have not been answered. But I will tell you this. I've prayed and seen bodies healed. I've prayed and seen situations turn around. I've prayed and seen God do the supernatural and the miraculous. I want you to know this is what the Lord gave me to, for you tonight. Many of you don't understand what's going on in your life. You don't understand why God hasn't moved when you thought he should move or move in a situation in the manner that you thought he should move. But I want you to be encouraged tonight because the Lord spoke to me on my lunch hour and he said, I want you to tell my people that I'm still hearing their prayer. I still long to open prison doors. I still long to break chains off, your, off people's lives. I still long to do the impossible and the supernatural in 2022 at PTC Ministries in Connorsville, Indiana. I want you to know that God is still able to deliver and set free. Do not stop praying. Do not stop praying. You see, they just prayed because it was is what they knew how to do, but they did not expect. The Lord began to deal with me, Brother Chris, and he said, you need to tell my church that if they will continue praying, they need to expect that they will receive and see what they've been praying for. I want you to get that for a moment. God said, if you continue praying... You continue laying your life down on the line. You continue to go to that altar. You continue to go into that prayer closet. You continue to make time for me. He says, I want you to know that your prayers have not fallen on deaf ears. But I hear you. And your answer is on the way. I want you to realize that Peter came to the door. And he began to knock. He began to knock. Is anybody home? Is anybody there? I'm out here on the streets. I'm a fugitive. And God began to give me the title of this message. It's knock, knock. Knock, knock. 
We would say, who's there? And I would say tonight, uh, when the Lord begins to knock in the season that we're in, uh, you better open that door. Uh, better be waiting to see that son or that daughter come home to be with Jesus at the altars. Uh, I'm talking about you better open that door uh, expecting to see the doctor's report turn around. Uh, you better open that door. Uh, listen to me, young people. You better open that door uh, thinking, uh, oh God, uh, you're giving me the career path. Uh, you're, you're giving me the ministry. You're giving me the, the gift. You're giving me the ability. I want you to know that the Lord is going to begin to knock. And he's saying you better expect to receive what you've been praying for. I'm not playing games on a Wednesday night. I'm not just trying to pump you up. But I'm telling you that this year is the, I'm determined. I'm going to come in expecting God to do great and mighty things. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see here, they pray. Doors begin to open. And you know what's crazy about this, Kirsten? Is they never saw one door open. In their minds, Crystal, he was still in prison. But you know what they did, Gloria? They still prayed. We sing that song, Waymaker. And we say, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, He's working. See, you've been at the altar. You've been like, God, I've been here 10 years for my baby. God, I've been 10 years uh, praying for them to come home. God, uh, I've been praying for three years for you to tell me what my call is, uh, what you want me to do with my life. Uh, and you don't even realize that doors are being opened, uh, that you're not even seeing. Uh, he said he got through the first ward, uh, the second ward, and then when he got to the gates of the city, uh, they just opened up by themselves, uh, and he realized, I'm delivered. Uh, I want you to know that God is still bringing deliverance. That God is still making a way. You may be praying and you may not feel anything. You may not see anything happen. They may still act the same. Do the same stuff. They may, you, you may still think they're a prisoner. But I want you to know that doors are opening. And chains are falling off. And their lives are be turning around. Why? Because the church is praying. Bible tells us to pray without ceasing that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling downs of strongholds. I still believe that. I still believe that the prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. I still believe that. But I want you to not only believe but to expect. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 11. He says, Have faith in God at the end of verse 22. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Catch this in verse 22. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. This, these are in red. This is Jesus' words. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe, expect that you have received them, and ye shall have them. I still believe the words of Jesus. I still believe that faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. I still believe what Romans 4 and 
1.17 says, uh, talking about Abraham. Abraham was just a man in Mesopotamia by the name of Abram. He heard God calling him. He left everything that he knew and began to journey for a land that he did not know. He just thought he was an ordinary man. He just thought he was just ordinary and just natural and just normal like everybody else. But Romans 4 and 17 says that God was making him a nation and God called him even when he was Abram. He called him to be Abraham. He called him. He called those things that are not as though they were. I want you to know that there are things in your life that have not come to fruition yet but you serve a God that is knocking and he's calling those things that are not as though they were. You may not have a plan and purpose for your life but I want you to know in 2022 there's going to be plans and purposes. Knock on your door. I want you to know that you may be dealing with a physical ailment for a long time but God's going to begin to knock and you better open that thing expecting your healing and expecting the doctor to say it's a miracle what the Lord has done. I want you to believe what you pray for. I want you to expect what you pray for. Hallelujah. So Jesus tells us expect to receive it. When you pray expect to receive it. Again the church in this this passage were not accepting they, they, they were not expecting because they felt that God didn't move the way that he should have with James perhaps. Maybe they felt that it was useless to believe. But I want you to know tonight, it's not useless to believe the promises that God has given you. Because my Bible tells me that His promises are yes and they are amen. That means they are yes and established. That means that what God has promised you will come to fruition. If they'll come to the music tonight. Something else I want you to notice about this passage. I know I'm not preaching anything profound or giving you any nuggets, but I'm just going to, I just, I, the Lord just told me to encourage you. We've heard this many times. But being in the will of God does not exempt you from problems. Jesus tells us on the Sermon on the Mount, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. I hate to be the one to tell you, but we live in a fallen world. There's sin, there's sickness, there's death. I used to joke around with my, my mom and dad. I used to tell them, I said, I bet you anything that Adam and Eve are in solitary confinement in heaven. Because if anybody got a hold of them, they wouldn't be in heaven anymore. But we live in a fallen world. I said that jokingly tonight, but we live in a fallen world. There's, I'm not saying that everything's going to go perfect. Listen, just because Peter was delivered, guess what? He still died a martyr. Living this life does not exempt us from trouble. In fact, living the life that Peter lived is what got him into trouble. It's not easy to live countercultural. 
It's not easy. When everybody else is doing one thing, but God is telling you to do another. It's not easy to die to flesh. But I want you to realize something about the Bible as it teaches us throughout its pages. For one, God has plans for you. Plans of good, not of evil. We, we read that throughout Scripture. Even when men would do vile, wicked things, He would always find a way, find a vessel, and the greatest vessel of all, Jesus Christ, to bring them back. Because if God has plans for us, Gracie, that means he has expectations for us. If he has plans for us, he has expectations for us. See, when I make plans to go get a steak to eat, I plan to eat a good steak. I expect a good steak. I know we're fasting and that's really mean. It hurts me too. God has plans, so he has expectations for us. But I want you to know that the enemy has plans. And he has expectations for you too. We preached about it a few months ago. That when the children of Israel were in Egypt, that Pharaoh realized that they were mightier. Children of Israel were mightier than them. So he made plans and expectations, Cameron, to keep them in bondage for 400 years. We read in the Bible, in the book of Job, about a man that loved God even though he lost everything. Very similar to our text tonight. There was loss and there was gain. But you, you want to know what I find fascinating about that is that when the enemy comes to speak with God, we find out they, they both have expectations for Job. God says, I'm telling you, he will not deny me. And the devil says, well, after I'm done with him, he'll curse your name. So we see, again, God has expectations, but the enemy has expectations for each and every life here. For your children's life, your grandchildren's, nieces, nephews, sons, daughters. And we read in our text, and I, I, I want you to notice with me, in verse 11, When Peter realizes, he comes to himself, the Bible says, he says, I know for sure, I'm paraphrasing here, that the Lord hath sent an angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Eric. But find what he says here at the end of verse 11. And from all the expectation, all the expectation of the people of the Jews, they wanted his head, they wanted his life. Jesus says it plainly. 
The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The Bible tells us that Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I want you to know tonight that the enemy tried to come and is coming. And he has expectations. Listen to me, married folk. He has expectations to ruin your marriage. He has plans to divide you and your spouse. He has plans to ruin relationships between you and your children. He has plans, listen to me young people, to drive divides between you, your friends, your co-workers, whatever it may be. He has plans. But just as we read of in this text tonight, when the people of God begin to pray, The enemy's expectations are not met. But if you continue praying with expectations that God is going to move, I want you to know He's knocking. You're praying and He's knocking. Who's there? The answer. I don't know what it is for you tonight. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I want you to know that your prayer has has drawn you close to the Lord. And the Lord is drawing close to you. And now He is knocking. And that all your prayer was not done in vain. I love the way Paul puts it to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians. Uh, He says this in in chapter 15. He says, Therefore... My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You're praying, you feel like isn't accomplishing anything. But if you'll stay steadfast in that, he's saying, listen, those prayers that you've prayed for months, for weeks, for years, none of it's in vain. If you stand with me across the house. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 3. Jesus writing to the churches through the Apostle John. He says this in verse 20 if I'm not mistaken. He says, Behold I stand at the door and I knock. He says this, Brother Dan, he says, if any man will get to the door, he says, I will come in to him and I will sup with him. What what, what does that mean? It means I will come in to him and I will have relationship with him. We'll begin to commune together. I want you to know that God is opening doors for deeper levels in your walk. 
but be as Rhoda and answer the door. Don't be like the church saying, it's not what you think it is. Expect what you've prayed for. Because I want you to know again what the Lord spoke to me today. He says, you tell them that I still hear their prayers. I still long to do the impossible. But for us to expect the impossible. I said it last week. We'll close with this. For us to experience things that we've never experienced before, we must do things that we've never done before. So if you've had a hard time in 2021 or 2020 having faith and believing, if you've had a hard time for the last 10 years believing what God has promised you, how about you do something different and step into faith? How about you get out of the boat and begin to walk on the water because you believe you can do so? How about you begin to lay hands on the sick with authority and with power, believing? Jesus said prayer and faith, believing that you will receive it. Because I'll tell you, church, what this world needs, I say it over and over again, is not policies, it's not politics, it's not popularity. What this world needs is Pentecost. They need to see the power of God on display. Because when it was noised abroad, 3,000 came to know Christ. So I want to ask you tonight, I believe God is knocking on some hearts. Will you respond? Will you get to the door? Will you go to the door? Will you go to that place of expectation? Believing God, you're knocking. And I've been praying about my calling. Lord, When I, I believe that I'm going to receive what that is. I believe that you're going to lead and guide my life. Lord, it may be a decision about my future. Lord, I believe you're going to, you're going to give me that decision. You're going to tell me what I need to do with my life. Whatever it may be. I just believe that God is knocking at some hearts tonight. I'm going to ask you to come. These altars are open. I want you to come and pray. Be encouraged. Your labor is not in vain. Your prayers for revival have not fallen on deaf ears. For He says, I'm knocking. In this time, in this place, for such a time as this,